Welcome to episode 34 of the Fallout Podcast, aka Cretins waiting for you two to come on MTV. It's a fall hodgepodge, all 525 songs and the furnishment of singular reigns of terror, indelibly rent into four sprawls, Burns, Wollstonecroft, Burtwistle and Melling, currently in round one of the field day where we will uphold incessantly until time ends. Tonight, Gene Vincent, Lou Reed, Hank Williams and Frank Zappa and maybe Baywatch as well. We've got Rolling Danny up against New Face in Hell, Just Waiting against I'm Frank, Early Life of Crime Marshall against Pearl City and Pre-MDMA Years against Remaindra. Joined as always by Monsieur Pippington Beard, the governor of Ass, Ash and Ass Vegas. <laughs> Ass and ash. It's all there. I am. I rule it all. Good, good. How are you, Pip? I'm all right. I'm going to wear a hat today because the boil is broken. I'm waiting for the plumber. Hatted. Nice. Lord Sage Temple, Baron of Tokyo Town. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Good. The Walker, Lord Protector of Pemberton. How goes it, Alistair? I'm very well. Thank you very much, Mr. Brandon. And how are you? I'm also uh, fairly good. Further middling. Uh, we will be joined from the other side by Tim Three, aka DJ Formlinage, Jeff Hill, Dweller of Hell, and myself, Tree Beards the Host, born of my mum's oven. Joined by special guest, Chris Barrow of Wigan Town. How are you, Chris? That is all. Yes, I'm, I'm well, thank you. Good to, good to get involved. And Chris lived across the road from me a few years back, which is very yes. nice. Chris, what is your uh, dealings with this band, The Fall? Are you a big fan, uh, middle-sized fan, or a little fan? Um, I'd, I'd say extra large. I'm, uh, yeah, since uh, the late 80s, I followed The Fall. First album I bought was Curious Orange, which I'd probably still say is my favourite album, to be honest. Big, uh, big fan mm-hmm. of that era. Followed them ever since uh, kept up with all the albums and then obviously uh, seen them live lots and lots of times uh, first time was uh, 96 I've kind of uh, kind of discovered from uh, researching this week um, the light user syndrome tour it must have been which was uh, actually a joy so that was good yeah good stuff good good Bricks had just come back at that point I think yeah yeah. they played the Chiselers which was uh, which was good it, it mixed reception on this podcast the Chiselers got shall we say a very wonderful song <laughs> Ezra liked it yeah <laughs> All right, coming up first, we have Rolling Danny, which is a B-side of the This Nation Saving Grace era in 1985. Phil, if you don't mind, could you queue up some of that sweet, sweet Rolling Danny? See where we stand on this one, shall we? Philip, coming to you first. Rolling Danny. 
It's Shaky Stevens, isn't it? You know, when we started this podcast, I did not think we'd be talking about Shaky Stevens quite as much as we have done, but he's, he's, he seems to be a regular fixture at this moment. It's a pretty good tune. It's very sharp production on it. I'm not sure whether that really matches the fall. The guitar solos on it are interesting. first one's a pretty straightforward kind of rock and roll, Carl perkins type thing. I think it's just a bit of a straight-up fun number, this, really, isn't it? It's not what I would choose to put on. I'm not a huge Gene Vincent fan, but it's it kind of does what it says on the tin, really. Fair enough. Alistair, what do you make of this? It was a single, wasn't it? And, uh, for me, it's a bit of a surprise choice for a single. I can imagine it being great life. On the uh, singles comp, the, the, the one with Becker's Banquet stuff, I think it, it, it stands out quite a bit, but not necessarily in the right way. This kind of thing, you just give it to the cramps to do, they'll do it properly. But I think there was a bit of a connection there, because I think uh, Fogg did some gigs with the cramps possibly like late 80s or something like that which makes you wonder whether or not Smithy and Mr Brooks Interior ever met and got along yeah do you know that band called the Panther Burns I do not so the Cigarage Rock one I didn't know them until I started realising that a lot of the stuff they did the fall then covered garagey rock but I know what you're saying you said this about another couple a few weeks ago you know give it to the cramps and they probably do a much better better job why don't we have a bit of a listen to to the original see what that sounds like There you go, that's what the original sounds like. Ezra, what do you make of uh, Rolling Danny by The Fall? Well, the original's a country mile better, and I'm going to reuse that poor pun for a later song. It's fine for what it is, but really it's not quite reaching the heights that The Fall themselves scaled with their own kind of CNN masterpieces like Fiery Jack or Container Drivers. Yeah, you know, in some ways for me it's disappointingly straight as a cover but it just doesn't quite pop in the same way that the original does so it's a step down from that yeah it's not not great aye aye good start then a good good song to start with then <laughs> good opener things can only get better Chris what do you make of this one yeah I'm on the same page I think whenever I'd play uh, This Nation's Saving Grace it was, uh, it was a bit of a skipper for me this one it didn't seem to fit in with that album too well it kind of stuck out a bit really it certainly works better as, as a single and it's just not my favourite you know fall cover version they've done much better work with things like I'm a Mummy where they've kind of elevated the source material to some, something much better whereas this is just a kind of quite a favourite full version it's just a bit a bit kind of bland really I don't think I like really like the song <laughs> to start with anyway so not for me this one yeah even the original for me it's uh, it, that didn't do it either even though you know I quite like I do think Jim Vincent did a better version than than the fall but still I, it didn't stand out uh, sadly possibly not the worst cover tonight though <laughs> but we'll see <laughs> I've put it's rocking and pointless some nice wah wah ooze Maybe some like uh, whispered Carl Burns backing vocals in there. Quite nice. It's rocking. It's solid. I had it, I think, on the extended version of this nation saving grace. So yeah, and it stuck out like a sore thumb. Was, was that with... on, on the vinyl version? Then was it only on the CD? 
I'm not well, sure what, yeah. whether they had the extended yeah, version back. at some point or something, but... Yeah, I only had it on CD, yeah. Yeah, and it was a single we couldn't get ahead, I think. Was it Gene Vincent who asked Peter Cook for uh, for chocolate cake? Something like that. So I read Peter Grant's biography, and they talk about Gene Vincent coming. I think I've told this story before, that they sellotaped him to a mic stand so they could get him on stage. Stood up on stage for long enough to claim that he'd performed so they could get the uh, cash for the performances. Uh, he was a Roman, was that Vincent? I'll tell you that for now. What does Tim Three think of this one? Uh, I'll be honest with you, he's he's not pulled his punches <laughs> this week. But rolling Danny, I'd rather not listen to this, thanks. Fair enough. We'll spend no more time on it. Sadly, it is up against what could be the greatest work of art in Western civilization, and you face in hell. Let's have a blast of that. <laughs> Secrets and scandals of deceitful type proportions. A guest goes next door to his neighbour, secretly excited, as aforementioned was a hunter who radio enthusiasts wanted friendship and favour on. Oh la la, Alistair, you facing hell? Oh, of chocolate. <laughs> yeah, I reckon this would have been a, a good one for stereo lab to have covered. The same very natural form. Love the groove. You know, like the minimal sort of uh, bell bitsy style keyboard kazoo. And the bits of where there's like really, really fast vocal delivery as well. He's proper machine gunning it down there. Really sort of organic sounding, jammed out. I like that. Always um, ticks boxes for me. The only bit about uh, criticise is where to go up an octave, which is where Westlife normally stand up. That's a bit of the lower point, but it's uh, still quite entertaining after that. Some of the vocal squeals with delay as well are fucking fantastic. And uh, I don't know, Brendan, have you heard of, of this band called Pavements? What what might sound a bit like that? Yeah, you might like mm-hmm. them. Just, I, <laughs> yeah, it's funny you mentioned that, Alistair. Tell you, Velvet's a complete bastard for nicking fall in the pavement stuff. What goes around comes around, Alistair. It's all there. That is shit. Ezra, what do you make of this beautiful piece of work? It's a high point in lyrical brevity, I think, not only in the Falls oeuvre, but in the entirety of, of lyrical music. It's incredible just how much information is so densely packed into the lyrics of this song. And I really want to know what a scandal of deceitful type proportions looks like. I want to know what a deceitful type proportion is. And yeah, they also use the word aghast which I think is underused in um, most lyrics. 
In fact, I think there should be a song release called Aghast. And yeah, the music is fantastic. Like the keyboard section is like a pound shop, Ermin Schmidt. And they've got the kind of uh, the Velvet's rip off on the riff. And then later on in the song, it sounds like they go into this weird parallel universe where uh, Lee Perry is um, producing the Velvet Underground on an extremely tight budget with extremely cheap dub effects. I really like the way they dub out the guitar and it just sounds really nasty and kind of like glass splinters rather than, you know, the kind of luscious amniotic reverberations that you might associate with that kind of business. Yeah, I've got to I've got to read this part of the lyrics. Prickly line of sweat covers enthusiast's forehead as the realization hits him that the same government him and his now dead neighbor voted for and backed and talked of on cream porches have tricked him into their war against the people enthusiast and dead hunter would wish torture on <laughs> indeed and you know with the world that we're currently living in and uh, all these hijinks in the ukraine and it, it just seems quite prescient and quite good that he wrote those words and sang them and released them as a song exactly are you listening vladimir putin <laughs> we're talking about you <laughs> chris what do you make of this one yeah obviously a fantastic track uh, musically really good pretty basic just kind of two velvet underground chords like you say this is just all about smart superlative vocal performance i love his uh, spoken word verses and then uh, his shouty high pitch bits are just fantastic, totally unique. Brought to mind what he'd do on Smile three years later. Yeah. That kind of, kind of style vocal. And it's just um, just recognising Mark's talent for, for that unique vocal sound. It's a um, real standout one. Beautiful. Used it to very, very nice effect. Yes. And possibly the only good use of kazoo in rock and roll history. Did, did Mark play the kazoo, I wondered? Who was the kazoo, kazoo yeah, player? Yeah, I don't know. Riley or Mark, I would I would put money on. It's too, uh, it, it stays the same and stays in time too much for me to put, <laughs> to, to think that Smith had any hand in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 betting on Mark Riley uh, on that one. But uh, Phil, would you say this is uh, Smith's most uh, straightforward narrative? It's definitely a contender, isn't it? It's it is a story that kind of unfurls in a fairly linear order. It's not the kind of story where you feel like you have to piece it together and decode it either. He's he's pretty much just putting it out there on a plate for you, isn't he? I'm gonna I'm gonna fly in the face of conventional wisdom a little bit as well in terms of the music around this because the more that I listen to it the more complicated it occurred to me what the guitarists were, were doing in the in the music so to start off with it is that two chord velvet kind of vamp but as it progresses there's moments where he just holds on one chord there's moments using inversions on the chords two chords technically but they're playing in different places on the guitar so it's, it's creating this sense of variety and they're also using sevenths as well which is is really unusual for the fall it's, it's normally majors and minors and, and that's about it or like sort of open strummed guitars so there's some really complicated stuff going on and there's it feels to me quite improvised in places what he's doing it's he's kind of got a selection of things that he can do and he's, he's kind of mucking around with it but it, <laughs> I remember laugh with the post shot Irvin Schmidt reference it's the party keyboard I think he's just inspired on it the the sinister the return of sinister kazoos it's an amazing bit of 
punk arrangement this which i think is just so wonderful and yeah smith is just a complete virtuoso the punk virtuoso is the all screams and the way that he manages to pierce through everything yeah it's an incredible piece yeah and and just lyrically his turn of phrase like it's a straightforward narrative which he didn't do many of and yeah there's not many missing parts it's just right there and it just uh, highlights his ability to to write aghast goes next door to neighbor secretly excited as aforementioned was a hunter who radio enthusiasts wanted friendship and favor of just the the way it does feel like a short story doesn't it yeah just tumbles on top of each other the language itself and um there's not enough of it i wish you would have done far far more we listened to that solo stuff horroring clay and all that stuff and not only did we miss out on him not being a tennis pro we also missed out on the, some sweet short stories. Uh, what does Tim think? He must like this one, surely. <laughs> All bets are off today. The song is The Fall to Me, Two Cod Shuffle, Kazoo, Conspiracy and Sheer Fucking Spirit. All hail the new face. Good, good. Let's take a vote. I don't think it's going to be too close. Phil, uh, Rolling Danny or New Face in Hell? New Face. And me too. Chris? Yes, New Face. Aye, aye. Alistair? Following suit. Ezra? I'm almost tempted to vote for Rolling Danny, but I'm sensible. We'll come back and to I'm haunt you. Tow the party line. And uh, it goes through. Tim's also fallen for it. So it all goes through. Al is going according to plan. And uh, now, just waiting. In 1992, Hank Williams' cover. This is what we've all been waiting for. Code Selfish. Bachelors waiting for Libya to come. And the young singers waiting to sing. And it's the God outside big I tell you what, we weren't just waiting for that song to end. Were we? So, um, Ezra, you're up first to deal with this thorny issue. What's going on? On here. Well, it seems like they wanted to write, not write, because it's a cover version, they wanted to record a song that um, summed up the tedium of waiting for something to happen. And I think they actually were successful in that because it's a very tedious listen. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, the cretin waiting for you two to come on TV again is the only redeeming part of this song for me, really. <laughs> Apart from when it just ends, which is also good. But yeah, another country cover and another unnecessary thing that they did. Yes, so there used to be this thing, I, sh I showed you this yesterday, there used to be this thing called Micro Microsoft Songsmith, where you could download it and you could sing straight in. I think it was mostly made for small children and prisoners. <laughs> You could sing straight into <laughs> to sing straight into by it would recognize what the pitch was and it would give you a really cheesy backing thing. And I thought in less than 10 minutes, I could download it, I can sing this and upload it to YouTube, and it'll be better than the Falls version. So, this is what I did. It took me about six minutes. Thank you. 
waiting for the grass to turn green. beautiful you might be in trouble if me and bill gates can get together in five minutes and knock out something better than the than you can chris what do you make of this fine tune yeah it's not fantastic it's only this week i discovered it was it was a cover version it's got a good vocal melody but because it goes on for four minutes it gets very tedious very quickly doesn't it i think that's i think that's the thing if it was if it was a minute long the vocal melody would be okay but not not for not for so long no 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 there's no excuse for it to be honest come on let's see what tim has to, to say <laughs> just waiting makes my face hurt possibly the worst thing we've listened to so far on the podcast well while you're on that i want to bring up something chris that phil dropped into conversation a little song called systematic abuse <laughs> <laughs> tell us your thoughts on the song systematic abuse <laughs> if you don't you know, i thought that was gonna be the intro i thought i, I thought i'd get away with that one to be honest uh, it's good Systematic abuse, yeah. It's good uh, good riff, good energy. Yeah, it's... Um, did you all hate it, yeah? We all hate it. I like it. it. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's got a good... Um, I'll tell you one thing I discovered this week. There's a um, four-disc deluxe version of uh, Reformation post-DLC. That's a, every house needs that. Yeah, <laughs> and there's, uh, there's a rough mix of uh, systematic abuse on there, which is which is a better version, actually. It's got a good enough riff. It's it's, it's okay. Fair enough, you know. Each, yeah. each according to their own tastes. Paying carbohydrates. You know. Exactly. Yeah. What does uh, Phil Rigby think of this, this Hank Williams cover? Well, Chris was saying he only found out this week. I only found out about an hour ago that it was uh, it was a cover version. So I was I was more sympathetic to it before I realised it was a cover. A bit like you, Brendan. I don't mind a bit of jingle jangle. I don't mind a bit of shoegaze. You know what I mean? It's wasted away many hours listening to that type of stuff. It does suffer from a bit of lack of energy, though, doesn't it? It's a bit of a formed in. If I was to be charitable, it's a relaxed performance by Mez. <laughs> on the uh, on the vocal duties and the, the the guitar works all pretty sort of it's that two chord thing but it's not got any rhythm to it it's it's got not got any staccato to it it's just this constant sort of churn of noise isn't it that just kind of dribbles over the top of the music so it's it's not got a lot going for it. It's more like wallpaper than, than anything that's a feature. I, but it does have possibly the worst break that I've ever heard in any fall record. A two, three, four, and they go into that postman part breakdown, <laughs> which just had me cringing as soon as I heard it. Um, so what could have been passable turns into just this piece of shit, really, isn't it? Um, let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest. And, and he counts it in as well doesn't he which he doesn't do very often he's really looking forward to it isn't he <laughs> big I liked the uh, first line which is the pensioners are waiting for a leap year to come because he did change some of the lyrics and adapt them I wasn't I don't think that's the original I don't really know what it means but I like it and it made me think of like these these list poems that you get kids to make. I'm just waiting for this. I'm just waiting for that. And it's this lazy teacher's helper. Got a couple of hours to fill. Have them all write a list poem. But uh, I thought it was like um, Shel Silverstein style. And um, and I wondered whether it was his stuff, but sadly it wasn't. That got me thinking, maybe I'll throw a trivia question to all y'alls. Which big hit did children's poet Shel Silverstein write? He wrote two really big ones. I'll give you a clue. One of them was for the man in black. You didn't ring a fire. 
He didn't. It's a, it's a cheeky song style, story style song that you all know and love. Boy named Sue. Exactly. It was a boy named Sue. He also wrote Sylvia's Mother for Dr. Hook. So, that you know, those checks are still rolling in. Still, I digress. Who's not had a pop at this yet? We've all had a go, right? Alistair, yeah. what do you think? What do you think of this? Well, as we were saying before with Rolling Danny, if you'd have given it to the cramps, they could have had a, a better stab at it. And I reckon if you'd have given uh, just wet into uh, uh, Mr. Frank Sidebottom, because it's a perfect beat for it, you know, uh, or even Half Man, Half Biscuit, uh, they, they could have had a better stab at it. Uh, and it would probably been a, a lot more funnier. But contrary to what Phil was saying, the uh, counting bit, that was my favourite part of it. Just give me a whole <laughs> song of him counting. Yeah, counting songs. Counting to 20. There is, there is, just going off what Alice is saying though, that beat is just lifted straight off a karaoke track, isn't it? It's a karaoke beat, karaoke beat. That's why yeah. it made me think of that Microsoft thing because everything just comes out like like straight down four to the floor in the cheesiest MIDI instruments. It's like, come on, come on, lads. You can still turn this around. <laughs> and uh, 1990s, I'm Frank of Extricate. Um, let's have a listen. And that was Craig's tribute to Frank Zappa. Now we can all have a laugh about this, but that was his attempt to be Frank. Therefore, I've entitled it I'm Frank. What does Tim 3 make of I'm Frank of Extricate? Dull and cheesy, weak production, doesn't go anywhere. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, the fall did have some good songs that we like. <laughs> there's just not many of them there's just not many of them in today's episode go and have a listen to the one from a few weeks back or next week's that's got some good ones but uh, Chris is going to give us a, a gem here to, to make us see that I'm Frank is is worth that time I'm Frank. I'm angry but positive. Um, it does sound like Hungry Freak's Daddy from uh, Zappa's first album, which I think is intentional. I, I quite like it. I mean, it is a, a, a wild old band at this point, um, at the height of the post in, in, in some ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nice bit of float, quite like that. Extricates, it's very kind of clean sounding album, isn't it? But it does it does kind of work with this with this material. And then, of course, you've got Mark being a bit sexual, haven't you? With um, his Give It To My Baby type, uh, type lyrics. So it's... Uh, <laughs> It's, it's, it's good I'm being positive it's, it's good I've got a bit of a soft spot it grew on me over the week but you go in and thinking alright Frank Zapper, I'm Frank and uh, I'll, I think you're being generous with Hungry Frank's daddy but uh, you know there's definitely a, you know it's in the same neighbourhood maybe and they did a cover of Hungry Freaks um, we looked at yeah. it a while back yeah. Right? Yeah. and yeah nice to hear a flute on there and there's a version on the um, 
I think it's the latest show. There's a live version and Cole Cutter doing some mixing over it. And Smith's got a guitar at one point. I don't know what he's up to there. And then the flute's going on. It's not a bad version. However, if you listen to Telephone thing that they played before, it just uh, kind of blows this one out of the water, in my opinion. It just it feels a bit light, but it is. It's a nice tune. And I think when Smith says, "I've got a lot to say now, baby," and then basically just says, "Give it to me, give it to me for the next three minutes," is that a joke? Is he taking the piss at Zapper or a Scanlon or what? But he doesn't have a lot to say, unfortunately. Uh, and I, I think with a better set of lyrics on there and a better melody, it might have uh, done it justice. For what do you reckon? Um, I'm Francis. <laughs> there's a there's a bit on South Park where uh, Justin Bieber gets eaten by Cthulhu and all the caricature of Justin Bieber is just this little brat going, baby, 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 you know, these girls screaming at him. And whenever I hear Mark singing baby lyrics, I, I can't get that image out of my head of Justin Bieber getting eaten by Cthulhu. The music I quite like, I think it's it's a nice groove they get going and the guitar is pretty cool. So it reminds me a lot of Beck, actually. It sounds like something might be a four delay, one of those kind of guitar-y kind of breaks that you'd have on the... You know, I can imagine it being on in the disco and kind of twisting away to it. It's, it's got that nice kind of dancey groove to it. I, just, I, I am a bit lost as to why Cold Cut that clip. No, I'm not quite sure what Colcott are actually doing on that. The swooshing it's, noises that come in about five times five times louder than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> so they're turning the vacuum cleaner on and off. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. It's all right. It's not offensive. It's not. You're not going to lose anyone off the dance floor with it on an indie night, are you? So it's uh, it's okay. But yeah, it's a bit of fluff. Alistair, fan or not? <coughs> like elements of it production's pretty naff uh, that snare sound you know it sounds like it's been recorded in a, a cave in Mar- well, on Mars or something like that no don't, don't do it to, for me too overproduced but yeah it's, it's, it's a, a good bit of a, of, a, of a pop tune I quite like what the guitar's doing on it bass could have done with being a little bit louder I think and as I mentioned yeah the snare just needs a complete sort of rethinking but I do like the, the message at the end where it's the you know, batteries running out on the tape recorder uh, kind of thing that's uh, something that I miss you know, with, with, with new Bobbins modern technology. I'll make a Mars is a very, a very specific setting, isn't it, for a, for a drum sound? Yeah, it's where, it's where Doobab used to record. <laughs> Craig Leon produced extra kit, so just give me a second. Dear Mr. Leon, my friend Alistair thinks you need some serious rethinking of the snare on the track <laughs> I'm Frank. Yours since it sounds like it was bloody recorded on Mars, in a cave specifically. Yours sincerely, Brendan. <laughs> learning. What do you think, Ezra, up there in your kitchen? In my kitchen, yeah, I had to come into the kitchen for this to cool down. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite grateful to this track for putting the image of Marky e. Smith engaging in coitus in my head for the past week. It stayed there and I can't get rid of it. I hope you all get some of that too from what I've said. Yeah, you know, I mean, as, as, as Al was saying, this is from the Falls period of being poorly produced or rather overproduced and that sucks a lot of the fun out of the song for me. But it's still a nice song. I like a flute. Um, I, I find it quite hilarious that he's just give it to me slowly now, baby. <laughs> Which seems to contradict the way he lived his life in some ways. But it, it's fun. It's funny. I thought as he must have said, all right, Craig, we'll do your Frank one. And then just, ooh, baby, baby. <laughs> Over the top of it. Oh, Matt, you're not going to do that really, are you? Yes, I am, Craig. That's it. Now it's recorded. I'm not doing it again. And it's the single. 
I've not got anything else to say on this. Has Tim uh, thrown in his tuppence yet? I think he has, hasn't he? Who knows? Let's move on to um, early life of crying Marshall off the Marshall Suite, 1999. Well, we're not going to vote first, Brendan. We need to vote, Brendan. Oh, we got a vote. Good. Well done, lads. We demand democracy. Let's take a vote. Is it uh, Just Waiting or is it I'm Frank? Uh, Ezra? I'm going to give it slowly to Frank. Okie dokie. Chris, which way are you going? Yeah, me too. I'm Frank. Aye, aye. Alistair? I'm Frank. I'm so is my wife. Uh, Philip? Can I vote for your version of Just Waiting? Yes, you can. <laughs> I'm Frank. Tim <laughs> <laughs> Tim, three. Uh, I'm Frank. Just uh, I'm me. I'm me. Uh, the, the least of two evils. Early life of crime Marshall off that there Marshall Suite, the year of our Lord, 1999. <laughs> I'm coming to you first on this crime marshal effort. Yes, well, I suppose you call this a short interlude at uh, 50 seconds long. Actually, uh, I actually really like it. An abstract noise spliced with classical ditties and uh, rising shepherd tones. All good. Quite effective for me. I could listen to a much longer version of that. All quite good. It reminded me of uh, paintwork. You know, the way the little kind of ditty kind of uh, overdubs come in. There's a little kind of yeah, little yeah. flashback to that. But yeah, for what it is, I, I like it. No, I agree. I think it's very, very nice. And uh, all I could find out was that, is it was a remix of some kind but of one of the other Marshall, Marshall Sweet tracks. Um, some synthy stuff and something like a, a mouth harp and... I'm guessing that's an actual sample of a classical record. Um, it sounds nice as an audio collage or a music concrete, or whatever you want to call it. But um, yeah. is it a fall song? <laughs> is, this, is it allowed? It's nice though, you know. Phil, what do you reckon? Yeah, it's like a bit of a sorbet, isn't it? Between songs, it's just one of those things that just changes the the mood a little bit before you get the the next track on the album. So it's not offensive. Perhaps one for the dyads and completists. Fair enough. Alistair, about this? I don't have a problem with this kind of thing. Uh, quite like it. As Chris said, it's a bit of a short one. You're not really getting uh, good value for money on it. Uh, whereas we all know systematic abuse went on forever. Put four or five spaces through the album. It might have been uh, like connected like a theme, but uh, the fact he's just kind of dropped into this. Marshall Suite was mostly put together by Julia Adamson, I think, when after the band had imploded. It's got some weird, interesting stuff on there. Yeah, I would have liked it that it jumped in and uh, gone for it a bit more. Made it 25 minutes longer or something, you know. Hmm. Ezra? Yeah, I'm curious to know why the Marshall was crying because if my early life had been anything like that, I think I would have been very, very happy. 
much happier than I am indeed now. Yeah, you know, I, listening to it, I was just curious as to whether any fall members had been involved in that recording and like, uh, you know, entertaining images of like the guitarist just going, boink, <laughs> and Mark being like, no, that's do it again. Do it again. <laughs> that is how Zappa would have done it because there's videos of Zappa on stage like shouting at his band because they can't follow his 9-11 time signature and mocking them there's, um, imagine Smith in the studio actually conducting this piece in, in real time it took them six weeks with to an orchestra around. exactly a, a full double orchestra which would explain why it's only 50 seconds long I suppose exactly mm. but it's nice you're on time you're I tell you um, he won't have any effing time for it the DJ formerly known as John Peel. <laughs> He's poor. Fun little sound piece with interesting, subtle interjections. It's not exactly essential, but quite enjoyable in its own way. Very nice, and he's a, he's a classical music buff, so um, if he says it's okay, then it must be. Why don't we have a listen to what it's up against, which is Pearl City off uh, Cerebral Caustic, 1995. Uh, 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 uh. This is one that didn't do it for me for a long time and it started to go on me in the last couple of days. I realised there's a lot more going on than I initially gave it credit for it. So there's a version of it by Carl Burns' other band. I can't remember what they're called, but um, basically his band, that I think he was in with Brammer at the time, did a version of this. And uh, it's interesting to hear him side by side. The fall one has a lot more going on and Smith's, Smith's lyrically, I like what he does, but I just, I don't think he, he, he brings the energy that, that this song kind of needed. Reminds me a bit of uh, Queen Bitch, David Bowie, with the kind of jangly the stabs and the acoustic-y or unamplified electric guitar going on in the background. And then there's these backing vocals that are like right there. You're listening with headphones and every time it comes on, I think someone's next to me um, saying something. Apparently inspired by a visit to a Chinese restaurant, like that Seinfeld episode. Old Coots retired early, cappuccin and a slice of quiche. It's a salad for the new educated teach. Those over-the-counter drugs have left you totally bushwhacked and you've got a fucking maggot for a brain, but you're making a bob or two at the Commonwealth Games. Um, I'm not sure if those lyrics are in the song or if I got them from somewhere else. I'm mixed, mixed feelings on this one. Philip, what are your feelings on Pearl City? It's got, it has got some great lyrics in it. There was a couple of times it made me laugh out loud whilst I was listening to it. And I, I think there's some really interesting music going on. There's, there's some great ideas with guitar. Why why guitar is not something we associate with the fall a lot. And there's there's a bit of chaka chaka going on there, which is is quite interesting. M- musically though, the thing that it reminded me most of was US 
that's mental. The the all the noise stuff that they've got going on with the guitar playing, which is quite low in the mix, so it's it, yeah, I don't yeah. think it jumps out at you straight away. But the more you listen to it, I, I did the same thing with some of my headphones on, and um, there's quite a lot of layering going on and some some interesting uh, innovative guitar playing, which which I really really like. So there's there's loads of great ingredients here, but I just don't think it's been baked long enough. I, I think it's it doesn't quite settle together into one nice cohesive whole the whole the, the song maybe maybe with a bit longer in the oven it could have been something pretty special but yeah but there's, there's some nice bits in it there is those guitars like in the background mixed really low and a bunch of nice backing vocals and stuff yeah it could have could have had more to it but i think that's a lot of the stuff on cerebral caustic unfortunately it wasn't a high point Alistair, what did this one do for you? Well, I'll just bellyache about the production again, probably. It's okay in certain places, but again, it doesn't quite do it for me. But I do like some of the vocal effects there, all right. It's gouging pop with uh, some okay discordant guitar in there. Nice groove, similar kind of groove to Anne Frank. Um, it's all right. Did you say it was similar to Anne Frank? I <laughs> 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 Could you talk us through that, though? <laughs> through your th- thought process? <laughs> Wait, I can't. <laughs> Let's just leave it a mystery. Let's just leave that up to <laughs> Ezra, what do you make of uh, this cappuccino and a nice slice of quiche? We asked Vauxhall drivers what they wanted from a garage. Did you? Did you? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Yeah, there's some wonderful lyrics in here, but it doesn't, as you said, it doesn't really seem to fall together, hang together or coalesce into much of anything. And I don't like the kind of central guitar vamp in it. But as you've also already said, like um, the stuff that's going on in the background is really nice. And this one's all right. It it just, yeah, you know, it just doesn't quite hit the target. Chris, what did uh, this one do for you? I actually quite like this one. I think it's a good... Um I don't get into all those kind of te- uh, technicalities like you guys do, but I think it's got a like, really good bass line, good energy and momentum to it. I like the interaction with the guitar stabs, like you say. I think that's the dynamic between the two. So yeah, it's, good, it's got a good, uh, good energy to it. Possibly the best thing on uh, Cerebral Caustic. It's not a bad tune at all. What does Tim make of it? Diet Garage Rock Pap about an all-you-can-eat Chinese food buffet. Pointless. I see. Well, well, well. He's cutting today, isn't he? He's cutting. He's been in the knife drawer today. Exactly. He's got his scissors out and uh, he's taking no prisoners. Let's try and see if I could find that. Oh, here we go. I'll play you a bit of the Carl Carl and Martin's uh, other band's version. We'll see what that sounds like. Similar, maybe. 
Mm. It's a bit perkier, isn't it? A bit perkier. Yeah, that's, right. that's by the thirst. It's called Let Go. And, uh, is and it the same song? Apparently, that's what it, they'd already done it. Burns was in the band at the time, so they they had to go at it for a cerebral caustic. Oh, so they did it first, and then the fall repurposed it. Something around that time. I don't know. I don't know the story. You'll have to have a look on the internet, Phil. I'm not an expert. <laughs> I'd work today, Brad. <laughs> 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 All right. Do we have to take a vote now? Crime Marshal up against Pearl City. It's a toughie, maybe. Phil, which way are you going? Mm, do you know what? I'm going for early life of Crime Marshal. I don't think I've voted for a skip before, so there you go. Pop me cherry. Aye, aye. Alistair, which way are you going? As much as I like early life of Crime Marshal, I'll vote through Pearl City just because there's vocals on it. Okay. Let's see which side your bread is buttered. Uh, Chris, which way are you going? Yeah, I'll go Pearl City. Aye, aye. Um, Ezra, what about you? Mm, yeah, I'll go with Pearl City, I think. Ooh, what about Timothy? He has gone with Marshall. And I'm going Marshall too. We're going to the fingers. Ooh. So here's what happens. You're allowed to give up to three points. Now, I get this. Every time we do this, I fuck it up and I have to spend two hours trying to work out what people have voted for. So I'm going to write it down carefully. This broken CD case. Show me your scores for Crying Marshall. We've got a, a two from Rigby and a one. I oh, know I can't give it one. I, I said it was going through. I'm giving it a two as well. So that's two. Chris has given it a two. Alistair's that giving a it two. Alistair's that as a two as well. And Ezra. Yeah. Ezra's a two. And uh, Tim's a two. That's 12 points. Yeah, I'm giving Pearl City two. So what are we giving to Pearl City, people? One from Phil, three from Chris, two from me, two from Al, two from Ezra. How many from Tim? zippity doo Oh, that's three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So Marshall goes through. Hooray! <laughs> and we're coming down to our final showdown of the evening. It is pre-MDMA years off Remit up against the remainder, who, uh, which is leftover scraps off of Remit. So uh, let's have some of that MDMA years, pre and post. Green on MDMA and jet Post. The post also DMA years. The MDMN years. The pre black eyes and the years. The MDMN years. The years. The years. The years. The the bone serotonin, unconnected compensate years. So, Chris, last week we looked at some Mark Smith solo stuff, and um, <laughs> we did thirty tracks. <laughs> And uh, this this probably would have been a highlight of that episode, but um, I'm not sure how it's going to fare tonight. Chris, what do you reckon to um, this pre-MDMA years? Right, well, it's always a bit of... Uh 
lo-fi mucking about really isn't it just a bit of filler I suppose it served as, into, as a kind of effective interlude on the album maybe to, to break up the momentum a bit but um, certainly as a standalone track it, it offers offers very little it's quite interesting I noticed that the lyrics foreshadow Big Troll the time later, later in the, on the album oh. uh, the mention of the, the different periods of drugs different time periods set aside by the drugs and stuff it's quite interesting but uh, yeah as a standalone track it's, uh, it's just not happening really nice yeah it's interesting like what well, the one thing I liked most about it was I just wondered if if he'd heard someone had said pre MDMA years too many thought it was just a ridiculous phrase and so he just like he did all these variations on it and made almost like a poem that's sort of him t- t- taking the piss out of that phrase the pre black eye and tears of today years the post net also DMA years the pre MEN arena years. The Bone Sheraton unconnected composite ears. I, I liked the lyrics a lot, but yeah, I mean, it is just him talking over squelchy sense, and uh, your mileage may vary on that. Um, I can't get enough. Would have been a good post, nearly, or Panda Panza Panza standout, I said. Alistair, what do you make of this? Yeah, it's all right. Very sort of arty sounding, lots of drug references in there. For some weird reason, it reminded me of the... <coughs> Intro that Bad News did on their uh, the, the documentary, the uh, We Are the Four uh, Horsemen of the Rock Apocalypse. Don't know why, but it did. Uh, but yeah, it's all right. Fair enough, Ezra. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this one actually. And like you were saying, you know, listening to it, I was thinking, God, you know, it's a shame that Eleni wasn't around when they did the Post Nearly Man when he did the Post Nearly Man because she could have really polished up some of that, <laughs> some of that puddle paddle battle kind of electronic nonsense that gets onto that record some of it are like you know and and i love the fall for their cheap electronic sound it has to be said but yeah and 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 here we've got like it's kind of like a ravey synth line cage for a hydra-headed marky smith monster ranting about mdma and I thought the words were fucking great. Like, uh, I'll pick up where you left up, left off, Brendan. The bone, seroton, unconnected, composite years. The main years. Cheerio, like the orc marrow, gone down green jelly mama. Your kid brother than your years. Thanks, E.C. Stacy, the present child of yours. You prove for own child years. The honey is stuck on back years. The bone serration unconnected composite years and child years in time. Fucking bingo. It's good. It's great. It's better than great. It's amazing. Ebenezer good. Leading light on the sea. Know what I mean? Sorted. The decline of Ebenezer. That's right. <laughs> Philip, what about this for you? You seem to be giving these uh, these short shrift this evening, but still voting them through. Yeah, so I, it really made me laugh when I saw the tag of it. I thought it was a, I thought I did think the lyric was was funny, and it's got that sort of thirty keyboard, which I'm a, a big fan of. That goes all the way through it. It's 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 weird, really. Where the, the sum of the sum of its parts seem to be much more than the bits that make it up. And I, I think having spent last week listening to those thirty tracks, I've got quite a high tolerance for this type of stuff now. So this is, uh, I think, like Ezra, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. Every, every time it came on, it made me smile and laugh as I was listening to it ranting away over the top of it. Doesn't hang around too long, so it's uh, you don't get bored of it. Yeah, I thought it was quite funny. Aye, aye. Idiot Joy Showland. Shades of that. 
Timothy, what's he make of this? Another fun little skit piece I've always found kind of funny. A mockery of the journalistic and historic need to split things into little periods. Not sure. It's about as long as it should be. Fair enough. He seems to have. Uh, he seems to be going easy on those those tonight, which is good. Stand the corner. That's all I can say. Shall we finish up with? Uh, I'll play this one if you don't mind, Phil. Um... <laughs> That's the remainder of uh, <laughs> remainder LP, LP, EP from 2014. Why don't you play us a bit of the real one? This is, that was a joke, listeners. That's not the real <laughs> song. Good one. <laughs> As I brought this to my attention, but I think they mentioned it on the, the annotated fall, possibly. Synth squelches in a gnarly bass, slurry mark, then he turns into growly mark, Baywatch turnaround, and Mark sings the hook on time, then he just carries on singing the hook when they go back into the verse, and then later he sings the hook early, <laughs> and then changes it so he doesn't fit. <laughs> How to break loose, become a tree. It was a good day. Whatever that is. It was a bright, sunny, rain-riddled morning. Never forget, remembrance is worth nothing. Um, Alistair, what do you make to rem- remainder? I am... Um, it's all right, yeah. I am... Um, <laughs> if I must, if I must. <laughs> Sometimes it seems a bit, um, when you stick with the groove, it's okay. I don't like the, the, the 4 2 bit at all, but vocals are fantastic when he's doing all the Davros growly stuff. And uh, yeah, that, that brings always brings a smile to my face. So it's a bit of a curious egg. A curious egg indeed. indeed. And uh, Ezra, do you find this egg curious? I find it curiously delicious. Yeah, that, like I've had this track for a long time. A friend of mine gave me a compilation of Paul music, and this was one of the tracks on it. And I always really liked it. And I was shocked, I think it's fair to say, to find out that probably the reason why I like it is that it's essentially a cover of the Baywatch theme. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, to me, it's quite obviously a cover. I mean, he even like apes the fucking, you know, the vocal part, at least for the beginning, you know, it all goes to shit later on in the song and I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> That's just hilarious. And I'm convinced of this because obviously the man was a TV aficionado and a shit TV aficionado. There are too many coincidences, like the drum fills at the beginning, the stars align here. And I think we can safely say that the fall covered the Baywatch theme. And I'm very glad they did. And I'm very glad they did it with such panache and with such a rusty Dalek on the vocals. It's fucking brilliant. I like the way that he let it percolate in the culture for 25 years before deciding to uh, to approach it. Um, <laughs> timely. Take your time with the classics. Exactly. Chris, what, what do you make of this remainder? Well, uh, I didn't pick up on the uh, Baywatch connection, but... Uh, yeah, the first couple of times I heard it, I like the, the kind of bass and guitar parts. But as a whole, it didn't sound coherent. And then even after 20 times listening to it, it still doesn't sound like a coherent piece to me. It's as if the chorus isn't isn't for that song. It just doesn't just, just doesn't flow. It flow um, flow right for me. Um, I think possibly the bass and guitar parts, if they were just kind of kept as a more repetitive piece, that, that would have worked um, worked a bit better. But well, the changes just don't just don't work for me. Just makes it all sound very awkward. No, I give you that. That that bit, what that turnaround did, 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 did that, that seems completely just kind of shoved in there, and uh, it doesn't work for Smith. I'm super. The only reason I think that that Smith that it's in there, Smith must have brought it or hummed it or something, because if anyone else had given him that melody, he would just ignored it. I'm sure. What does Hippington be think of this? effort. Do you know, if, if it had been put out as a cover of the Baywatch theme, I probably would have voted for this. Uh, but as it's as an original piece of music, I'm, it's a bit lost on me, really. It, it feels like uh, him doing his drunk wanders in from the street routine and just starts barking and growling over stuff. It's uh, Tommy Cooper taken to the nth degree, isn't it? Um, musically, uh, it's, <laughs> did he have anything to do with this? He was well uh, gone by this point. This is 2014. This is after uh, Remit. Anything, any any guitar piece that starts off with those two harmonic notes, you just know you're in for a rough ride from from uh, from all the music. Really, it's uh, it, it kind of stinks up the whole room. I actually think Mark's pretty much on form here for that era. It's he's he's kind of on it. He's experimental, growly, grumbly Tommy Cooper best. But musically, this is absolutely awful. It, it, for, for me, these the three tunes. I'm Frank Pearl City and this. All have a lot of good stuff going on, but none of them quite gel and take off. You know the film Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Oh yeah, where, I know uh, that one. The, whole, the whole concept of the film is that all the good stuff went into Arnold Schwarzenegger and all the bad stuff went into Danny DeVito. This to me feels like the Danny DeVito episode, really, of the whole podcast where we've just we've just hit rock bottom with a lot of the tunes. It's when you come back, I will I will fix it so that it's a that it's a top notch episode i hope this hasn't put you off i hope this hasn't scared you away from the the fallout podcast no <laughs> <laughs> no comment <laughs> <laughs>
Good. Um, uh, no, it's not problem at all. You've got to, got to be thorough. We've got to get through it all. Exactly. Yeah. Have we heard from Tim? We've not, have we? I'm sure he's got something glowing and positive to say about this. Remainder at standard dull rock and roll riff decorated with squelches of Mark sounding like his office tits. Not a classic slice, but okay. Please, Brendan, can we have some good fall songs in the next one? This one made me bilious, and this circle, contrary to popular conceptions, is rather chilly. Let me have a look at what's coming up next week. I'm not going to tell you what's on, but I am going to let you know if it gets worse or better. Just as a warning to our 100 core listeners. Exactly. Um, oh... I can't, I can't make any no promises. Can't make any promises. Sorry, lads. There's a good song in a couple of weeks. You stick around. <laughs> we'll listen to crap for for weeks on end. Listen, once round one's over, is you know, I'm sure. Other than the age of Chang, we're we're, we're plain sailing. All right, so let's take a vote on this. Pre-MDMA years versus the remainder of Phil. Pre-MDMA. Oh, Alistair. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with some uh, MDMA. Interesting. Chris? I'm going to go uh, remainder. Nice. Ezra? I'm aghast at the drubbing you Philistines have given the remainder, and I'm going with the remainder. Fair enough. We may be going to those fingers again. Uh, what's Tim think? Uh, remainder? Oh, I'm going to pre-MDMA here, so we're back to the fringe. Now, what, that makes great podcasting. And so people write to me all the time, more of that finger stuff. <laughs> but whatever, listeners, you're not here for you. We're here to do a job. <laughs> so uh, out of three, we've got MDMA versus Remainder. So give me your scores for MDMA years, please. That's two from Phil, two from me, one from Chris, two from Al, two from Ezra, ten, one from Tim, three, four, six, seven, that's ten earth points. And for the Remainder, let's do it. That is one from Phil, two from me, two from Chris, one from Al, three from Ezra, and how many from Tim? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. The Remainder, the Remainder S sneaks through and that ties up proceedings for the evening so the remainder early life crime marshal i'm frank and new face in hell are going through proudly into round two chris uh, did you enjoy being part of this uh, journey i loved it yeah i um really enjoyed that yeah yeah excellent good stuff well thank you for coming along we Pleasure. all enjoyed your company too and um if, if you're happy we'd like to have you back someday do it, yes. Splendid. Love it, yeah. Right, chaps. So next week, we've got a regular episode, just the four of us, and I believe Ezra is bringing something to the table. I'm not going to give any clues away. I'm bringing some tentacles to the table. Oh, oh. Spoiler. Spoiler. I will see you, I'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God.